God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. right my name is scott adams you're listening to this scott adams show i want to thank everybody for tuning in today well uh i hope everybody enjoyed their president's day and their long weekend i certainly did and uh today we're going to pick up uh where we left off last week and um you know there's a lot of things that are going on that just don't make sense and the one of the best explainers of this is Alina Haba, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna listen to what she has to say. We have a lot of clips. I probably have enough clips to represent a three-hour show um, today, um, but uh, we're not gonna be able to do that today. So I'm gonna try to do my best in clipping up a couple of things that I think you just need to hear. Um, and so that's that, you know, rather than hear my analysis, uh, I think everybody knows where I stand on all these issues. So we've talked about them for years. Um, but, uh, to hear what's going on in the matrix of what's happening right now is important. So that's what we're going to do. All right. So here we go. Trump lawyer Alina Habeslam's New York over Trump's 300 million plus fine and says they messed with the wrong guy. Okay, Alina Haba joins us, attorney for former President Trump. Alina, good to have you with us. In terms of the 30-day deadline from Judge Angeron to pay this extraordinary fine that jo- that uh, Jonathan Turley calls obscene, um, is yeah. that the case? Does he really have 30 days to pay this fine? And if so, there are some reports that he will sell off almost all, if not all, of his New York assets. What can you tell us about that? No, I mean, I would never get into anything privileged, but I can tell you what the rules are. And within 30 days, even if we choose to appeal this, which we will, we have to post the bond, which is the full amount and some. Um, and uh, we will be prepared to do that. 
So is, but how much is the bond? Well, it dep- so it's you're, you have to break it up. So there were obviously individual defendants that got fined. There was the company that got fined. But you're looking at roughly, let's call it close to $400 million for something that he did nothing wrong. Look, it's no coincidence, and I'll say it, they know by looking at his statements of financial condition that this guy is worth a lot of money, billions and billions of billions of dollars. And that didn't even include his brand, Martha. But what they're trying to do between this case, between my last case, is put him out of business. It's not going to work, number one. Number two, what they're doing is a scare tactic. Unfortunately, they picked the wrong guy to pick on, in my opinion, because he's strong, he's resilient, and he happens to have a lot of cash. Now, that doesn't mean that it's right. It doesn't mean it's okay. It's grotesquely insane. Uh, I was speaking to somebody today that actually mentioned that there are countries that literally make that in a given year in certain industries, countries in this world. But they would find somebody for what they call understating their statement of financial condition and making Deutsche Bank and Zurich, who, by the way, they still work with, money. But they're going to find him that kind of thing. It's absolutely insane. No, there will be no mayhem for the Trump organization, unfortunately. I know that probably was Miss James's goal and, and judging Gorin, but that is not going to be the case. Wow. So Breaking. they had the money. New information um, emerges on the real reason Mar-a-Lago was raided uh, sorry. and why the Biden DOJ. What's interesting about that is Trump is about to have Truth Social be bought out by a company that's going to offer him $4 billion with a B, as in boy. So Trump's going to be just fine. He could pay that off and then some. Because of uh, his popularity, he's never been so popular as he is right now. So... This whole thing about Nikki Haley coming out and saying he can't win because he's going to be indicted. He's going to be every court appearance is a rally. And it's the best rally you can have. It's reality TV. The guy practically invented reality TV. With the uh, apprentice. So he is winning because remember what he did with the COVID uh, task force? COVID task force, he he went out there and what did he do? He made it a political thing to where the media was like, we can't cover this guy. We can't cover him because he's too successful. He's too good. Listen to this guy. Talk about, talk about reparations. This is a black uh, reverend and he, he is speaking to the black community and this is what he should say. This is what he is saying. And it's something that you and I can't say, but he's saying it. And I'm telling you, wow, this guy is for real. There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. And I remember I made this particular liberal so angry at me because I told them right to their face, nobody owes you anything for slavery. If you want to tell the truth about it, it is you who owes. It's you who owes. Why do you owe? Because somebody in those fields took stripes for you. Somebody after those fields were ended and slavery was ended. Somebody had to walk through Jim Crow for you. 
Somebody fought wars and died for you. Somebody lived less than because they didn't have what you have and they did it for you. There are people in their graves right now and they are there because they were willing to stand up and fight for you. Those folks on the Edmund Pettus Bridge carrying American flags, take that Colin Kaepernick, living in a society that he could scarcely acknowledge, something that he has never known, living with a bigotry that none of us can imagine, carrying American flags on that bridge. And when they were hit upside the head with nightsticks and shot with water hoses and knocked to the ground, they got up and picked those flags up and kept marching. And they did it for you. Nobody owes you anything if anybody owes it's you. Because you've been the benefactor of freedom. You are the one that owes. And what do you owe? You owe it to them to get up off your tail and get to school. And when you get to school, you owe it to them to get up off your tail at school and get to work and get some learning in your head. And once you get that schooling in your head and get out of that school, you owe it to them to get to work. And then when you get to work and you get married, you owe it to them to take care of your children and not let the government take care of your children. It's you who owe. Nobody owes you a single solitary thing. The sacrifice and blood that has been laid out in this nation on your behalf. There is a bill at your feet for it. It's time you got up off your tail and went and go pay it. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was incredible. He got a major applause for that. And let me tell you something about that. Now, I don't know who that guy is, but if you go on Twitter and follow Scott Adams' show, you'll see that uh, clip the reason why i played that was because i had said something a long time ago years ago a couple of years ago that was in line with that way of thinking that was unique like i had never heard anybody ever say it and and what was being said was that it was in line with um Good, 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 good grief. Um, it was in line with Save, Saving Private Ryan. That movie uh, brought me to tears at the end. It really brought me to tears. And it was at the end. And Matt Damon's character said, have I earned it? This guy gave his life for me. It was clear and evident that he gave, uh, it was uh, uh, Tom Hanks' uh, role. I think he was uh, the one that was trying to save Private Ryan. And Matt Damon was Private Ryan. And there was five Ryans, five brothers in the war. And all four had been lost. And Matt Damon's character was one of the last surviving Ryans in the war and the general said one way or another we're going to get that man out of there and we're not going to have a whole family lost 
And he went in and they went and got this one guy. And what that was was a metaphor for what the war is all about. Freedom. It's about you. 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 It's about every one of us. One of us. Not all of us, but one of us. Each and every one of us. And man, oh man, it it really drove me to the point I was like in tears. And, um, and, And the thing about it is, is he was talking about how we should live our lives better. Like we should live our lives in gratitude. We should live our lives in gratitude because we are here for the sake of these people that lost their lives. They gave their lives for our freedom. So what this guy is saying, and I said this too, as a Native American Indian, right? My father suffered at the hands of discrimination. I could tell story after story after story. I'm not going to bore you with these stories of simpletons and stupid people, nearsighted people that discriminate, okay? I'm not going to even bore you with that. But what I am going to say is that I owe a debt of gratitude for my dad who suffered for me. But I'm also going to say that I I owe a debt of gratitude for black slaves who suffered for all of us. Because, you know, and, and I also have to pay a debt of gratitude to our founding fathers who wrote a document that said it's not a perfect document, it's not a perfect system, but it's the best that we got. And that it allowed a path forward because of its vagueness, vague, V as in victory, vagueness, because of its vagueness and allowed for interpretation, but too often the progressives are interpreting this to be communism and socialism and democracy when it's a republic. And it lends itself to power and control. And that's what we fight against all the time. But that document allowed for an amendment. How great is that? That said, you know, we're no longer going to permit slavery. And and women were going to have a right to vote, right? They got it wrong, then they got it right. But our founding fathers gave us a document, gave us a playbook, gave us a set of rules that allowed us to actually be great, knowing that we would fall into the same quagmire as the Romans did. And they failed. And I fear that we're being overtaken by lawlessness and corrupt elections to where we're we're going to be victimized by that which we feared. I think it was Obama that was smart enough. He was probably really smart. 
But I think it was Obama that was smart enough to figure out how to be such a great evil player in all of this. Evil is evil, but Obama was slick, and he was a con artist. Now, it's up to the voters and it's up to the people of this country to figure it out. I can't figure it out for you. You have to figure it out for yourself. That's what you have to do. If you want to save your life and save the life of your family, then you're going to vote for, for vote, vote Trump. <laughs> now, that sounds so convenient, right? That's not what I was going to say. But it is true, probably. It's true. It's the, it's the end game. But no, seriously, you have to hold these people accountable. And what I've been reading over the weekend is these whistleblowers are coming out. And they are coming out in force. And they're saying that the FBI is corrupt. That, that, and, and just when that starts to happen, you start to hear Hillary Clinton with her Ukrainian patch on her lapel talking about Trump being a Russian asset. And it's like 2015 all over again. I can't even figure it out why, why people are still buying it. Charlemagne the God was on a mainstream television program giving an interview. And he's the one that, you know, Trump said, I mean, uh, Biden said, if you don't vote for Biden, you ain't black. That's number one. Number two, Vivek, you know, pretty much schooled Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God's very successful as a radio host within the black community and is starting to say Joe Biden has nothing to offer. What well, we knew that in the beginning. He's just figuring it out, I guess. But anyway, the clip I just pay, played for you was powerful. Mark Robinson was the guy's name. This guy here? There are some people that were talking about this guy, right? There are some people that were talking about reparations in this country. They wanted reparations. Mark and I remember Robinson. I made Okay. I had some people write in and tell me tell me the names of the clips that you're playing because I want to look them up on my own. All right, the COVID and climate scams have a lot in common in the same way that COVID was merely a totalitarian power grab. All right, we all know that, but it's worth remembering because we're about to face another crisis that we don't even know is coming. But you know it's coming because the globalists can't allow Trump to be in office. So the closer Trump gets to the Holy Grail, the more shenanigans are going to be played out. And one of the shenanigans that's predicted is a cyber attack. Cyber. Like a blackout of all internet and electricity. And we're worried about that. That would cost more lives than COVID ever did. We've all had to take action to slow the spread of COVID-19 and to protect our people. And as we continue to fight this virus, we also can't forget that climate change still remains one of the greatest challenges of our time. And in fact, COVID-19 and the climate crisis have a lot in common. The general rule of thumb that I believe everybody should adopt 
is that if any problem is being presented as a global crisis, then it is a scam. As a global community, we're challenged by urgent and looming crises. Will we work together to save lives, defeat COVID-19? Will we meet the threat of challenging climate, the challenging climate we're all feeling, already ravaging every part of our world? That's the idea behind the Build Back Better world. This global pandemic has also created an opportunity to build back better. And climate action is an essential part of that. We can build back better from this pandemic by building back greener. Here we are now with an economy in crisis, but with an incredible opportunity. And not just to build back to where we were before, but better, stronger, more resilient and more prepared for the challenges that lie ahead. And there's no more consequential challenge that we must meet in the next decade than the onrushing climate crisis. Right now, all of our countries are dealing with the health and economic impacts of the global pandemic. But as we look to rebuilding from this crisis, we must do so in a way that will build back better for all of our citizens. And that must include an ambitious plan to take strong action against climate change. We want to build back uh, better from the, from the pandemic. And uh, I think that this is the, uh, the right moment there for, uh, for us all uh, to focus on the other great natural challenge about which we've been warned time and time and time again. Uh, we can't ignore it. Uh, the warnings have been even clearer than they were for COVID, and that is the problem of, of climate change. This pandemic has taught us the importance of global cooperation, and we must translate that lesson to how we deal with the climate crisis. This pandemic reminds us of what we can achieve through collaboration. We came together, countries, communities, and neighbors, to work for our collective safety and well-being. That's a lesson we need to apply to the climate crisis. We know now uh, that um, the next crisis is already waiting for us around the corner, and it is the climate crisis. It's the pattern crisis. that we are confronted with is really the fabrication of global crises, mm. the presentation either of non-existent problems or small local problems as being general global crises. That fabrication followed by the assertion that the only solutions that are permissible are global ones that require a global authority, global control. That is the general pattern that we are up against. The COVID policy response was one of those. Look at what happened to countries like Sweden or Tanzania who tried to push back against the orthodoxy, the new orthodoxy. And the, the climate crisis, the climate change crisis is another example where we are told that the biggest threat to the world is this molecule, CO2, and that an increase in the level of this molecule will cause an increase in temperature, and that that temperature increase will be bad for us, and that the only thing we can do is consume fewer fossil fuels, fuels and less energy. That's fitting the pattern exactly. The other, the other things you can observe is instead of presenting science as an ongoing, evolving activity, it is presented in terms of static knowledge, mm. consensus. And you see the cancellation and censorship of dissident voices rather than engagement with them. These right. patterns are see proof that? 
of a scam. Listen to that. That is what people need to understand. That's a scam. Whenever something is presented as the science, as a consensus, mm-hmm. it is a scam. You do not have to go and get engaged in all of the minutia of the scientific principles and the models and the measurements at all. You can know with absolute certainty that you are dealing with a scam when dissent is suppressed. You're dealing with a scam when dissent is suppressed. That's all you need to know. The World Economic Forum talks about mind control using sound waves. Why would they do that? I have no idea. And understand a wonderful future where we can use brainwaves to fight crime, be more productive, and find love. Let's roll. Sensing your joy, your playlist shifts to your favorite song. Sending chills up your spine as the music begins to play. You glance at the program running in the background on your computer screen and notice a now familiar sight that appears whenever you're overloaded with pleasure. Your theta brainwave activity decreasing in the temporal regions of your brain. You mentally move the cursor to the left and scroll through your brain data over the past few hours. You can see your stress levels rising as the deadline to finish your memo approached, causing a peak in your beta brainwave activity right before an alert popped up, telling you to take a brain break. Your mind starts to wander to the new colleague on your team, whom you know you shouldn't be daydreaming about given the policy against intra-office romance. But you can't help fantasizing just a little. But then you start to worry that your boss will notice your amorous feelings when she checks your brain activity and shift your attention back to the present. You breathe a sigh of relief when the email she sends you later that day and is wandering. Okay, well you might think, fine, but even if we can tell whether a person is paying attention or their mind is wandering, you can't tell what they're paying attention to. You would be wrong. Turns out that you... What they're saying here, I have my mic off. <laughs> what they're saying here is, you know, they're, they're tracking brainwaves so efficiently that they could tell what you're looking at when they look at your brainwave and things like that. And you're going to be able to... It's going to flip privacy up on its head when they know what you're thinking. Uh, that's the problem. Um, and you'll be banned for those thoughts. <laughs> and you'll be taxed for those thoughts. We have a caller on the air. Um, caller, you're on the air. I uh, just want to give you some kudos. You, you, you brought me to tears with that first part of your your program, you know, the, the, the reverend and then your following comments. It's, and, and gratitude is everything. And I, I, I wonder why it takes people so long to figure things out. You know, it took uh, over 500 years from the Magna Carta to the Constitution, and another uh, 70 years from the Constitution to the Emancipation Proclamation. For for lack of a better notable uh, place in history, it took another 90 years from the the Emancipation Proclamation to Rosa Parks and. Uh, collectively, it's it sure taken us a long time to figure things out. I, I really appreciate your show, and thank you. Where, what's your name, and where are you calling from, sir? 
I'm I'm calling from Utah. My name's Bruce. Thank you. Thank you for that. Sure. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a beautiful call. Yeah, it touched me too. Um, actually, it's funny. Um, it touched me because <clears throat> that well, that subject always touches me. The the whole issue of gratitude uh, touches me because I think reparations is so dividing and divisive. And why, why would you tax somebody that had nothing to do with slavery, right? And accuse there you're basically well, as soon as they have to pay, you're basically saying you're guilty of stupid, of being stupid. And it's like just because I grew up in a family. Uh, of generations of slavery doesn't mean I'm a slave owner or I'm a slave. And and so often, you know, with the ancestry, one, two, three, whatever it is, DNA tests, people are finding out there are all kinds of slave owners. There are black slave owners. There are white slave owners. There are slaves. There there have been slaves in every culture, in every uh, every part of time. There have been slaves. What I love about America the most <clears throat> is that we have a constitu- constitution that can be amended. It's not easy, but it can be. What I don't like about the constitution, uh, apparently, is that it allows a guy like a Barack Obama to spy on his political adversaries. Call it crossfire hurricane. Call it the Russian hoax. Call it whatever you want. Two standards of justice. You know, no one ever thought that there would be somebody as evil as Joe Biden who learned all of his tricks from Barack Obama. And you know that's where it all started. This is all a bunch of BS. And we're dealing with it. We're living this life. We're living this world. It's horrible that I have to tell you this. All right. So CIA's incriminating binder is missing. Shocking reason. Mar-a-Lago was raided. Let's take Jay a listen. wants to charge Trump over mishandling classified documents. <clears throat> Brand new details about how Obama's CIA targeted Trump and started the entire Russia hoax. For years, we were told that tips from an Australian diplomat tipped off the FBI after a random conversation with Papadopoulos, a no-name 20-something. But according to new reporting, the whole thing was a CIA setup. Former CIA director John Brennan identified 26 Trump associates to be targeted by the Five Eyes Intelligence Alliance, and then those interactions. <clears throat> by the way, I want to I want to treat you to something. Five Eyes. We all know that that's New Zealand, Australia, Canada, UK, and America. Right. That's the Five Eyes. English speaking intelligence. Right. What else is unique about those five eyes? Can you, can you tell me? What's the common denominator 
for the five eyes. Tell me what the common denominator is, and I'll give you a Jacinda Adern. I will give you whoever the leader is from Australia. I will give you Justin Trudeau. I will give you Boris Johnson and Rishi Sunak. I will give you Barack Obama and Joe Biden. What do they all have in common, folks? They're all globalists to the third order. And they're all peas from the same pod. They all agree on the Paris Agreement. They all believed in the COVID vaccine and pushed it hard. They all believe in election fraud. And they all believe in the Paris Agreement and climate change and ESG, environmental social governance and DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. They all believe in trans storytelling. Okay? Why in the world do all five eyes of intelligence believe in all of that? And Donald Trump walks along and he wants to close the border, get out of the Paris Agreement, uh, annihilate the mercenary group we call ISIS that we're paying to guard oil and run oil up into Europe and, and down into Africa. The same people that overthrew Mubarak and and Gaddafi in Libya. So we could have no toll collectors in the northern hemisphere of Africa, northern part of Africa. <clears throat> they were the gatekeepers. Anything goes into Africa. They were the port. They were the tax. They were the toll collector. That's how they made their money. Okay? There's a body of water right there. It's called the Mediterranean, I believe. In any case, I mean, that's what happened. So there's a lot of money changing hands. ISIS was a mercenary group. Unlike, not far unlike the Wagner group. Or Blackwater's mercenaries. Kofor Black mercenaries. Mitt Romney and Kofor Black were partners. Partners. Literally best friends. Literally best friends. They made a mint off of the Afghan war in the early millennia. I'm telling you, this is all fact. Look it up. So when Trump walks in, he's like, I'm getting out of TPP. I'm getting out of these multinational trade deals that, uh, where America is the chump. I'm getting out of the Paris Agreement where climate makes America the chump and, and gives uh, China the green light for profit and prosperity. I'm getting out of all these deals. We're going we're gonna to do business the old-fashioned way. Everybody's going to have to earn it. If you're, if you're in NATO, pay up. But I know that when Trump gets into office as 47 instead of 45, he's going to put an end to all of this. They all know it. It's Armageddon for them. World Economic Forum and the Global Agenda are going to be gone, gonzo. Climate is going to be uh, 
laid out as a scam. I mean, smart people today know it. It's a scam. It's a total scam. Total scam. There's nothing, nothing remotely true about climate. Nothing. But yet, you're going to have to buy the electric car and hybrid and whatever. It's all BS. And, and we're going to deal with it. And they know it. They know it as sure as they're sitting there. Now you have this whole thing about crossfire hurricane and the reason why Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI and is because the CIA was involved with the, the Chris, Christopher Steele dossier. And they call it a bump. You know, when uh, uh, someone is entrapping someone, they bump into them. They bump into them at a bar. They bump into them at a, on, a, on a crosswalk, whatever. They hand them some information. And then they wiretap their phones and they get the reaction. They cause a, an event that causes a reaction and they get the information from the next call that person makes because they're wiretapping their phones. That's what they do. Let's continue listening to this. We're the targets and were targeted by the FBI as suspicious. And that's how the FBI launched the Russia collusion hoax. The details of this entire operation have been stored in a top secret binder in a secret room in Washington. Trump ordered the whole thing declassified. And now the rumor is that the binder might be missing. This is an extremely serious story and serious allegation by multiple credible sources that Public and Racket, that's Matt Tybee's uh, publication, have spoken to. These are people that are close to the House intelligence investigation of how the Russia collusion hoax began. The story, as you mentioned, was that, oh, we were just informed by foreign intelligence about this. Our sources tell us a very different story, which is that this was initiated by the U.S. government. It came from within the U.S. government's intelligence community, including the CIA, that they asked the so-called Five Eyes Nations intelligence agencies, that's the other English-speaking nations, including Britain and Australia, to spy on 26 Trump associates, or at least they had a list of the 26 associates that were identified. This is new information. Some people have theorized about this and speculated about it. Uh, we feel very confident that our sources were in a position to know and are very credible in this report. And it's obviously a very serious allegation because this is illegal spying and it's illegal election interference. Okay. What about this binder that encapsulates this whole thing and no one knows where it is right now or Trump has it? What's that? There has been widespread speculation that this binder was the was the reason or a reason for the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. And this binder contains what we have been told that it contains, which may include raw intelligence, information showing that the U.S. government, the CIA and the intelligence community of the U.S. government, initiated the Russia collusion hoax, that it did not occur in the way that the official story, including the Durham investigation, had portrayed it, then that's extremely serious information. And it may be if the FBI then went to go get it in order to continue the cover up of this information, that obviously adds an even more dramatic wrinkle to this. Again, we'll have more to say about it tomorrow, but this is a huge, huge story. I mean, I can't I've been thinking about it in the history of the United States of America 
Have we ever had something like this where the intelligence community was weaponized against a political candidate and and using our foreign allies to do it? I, I can't think of a more important or dramatic story. Yeah. I can't either. That, that to me was some really great analysis. So this lady here nailed it. She, uh, show me a lie in this video. Okay, Siri, seriously, we need people like her running for office. Thoughts. Okay, let's take a listen. I want to ask what the deep state is. To- well, the deep state is a bunch of people, elites, up in Washington, D.C., who think that they know better than we, the American people, on how to live our lives. This joke of a presidency, and that is exactly what it is. There has not been one policy that Biden or Harris that have put into place that has been successful in any regard. What is it that makes you say that 20 people are controlling? It's because I worked in the Pentagon after Trump left, and I can tell you, it's not what people think. It is absolutely a sham. There is no one actually leading this country, if you ask my opinion. From Secretary Austin and Mark Milley, they both should be up on treasonous charges after the Afghan debacle. That withdrawal was absolutely horrendous. What's been going on at the border is a human crisis. We have children dying on the border, and our president spends more time on the beach in Delaware. I want DJT back in office because he's the only one who's going to put the world back in order. To I want to. Well, I got news for you. Uh, there are a lot of Democrats that are starting to wake up to Trump and realizing, and in these indictments, you know, Nikki Haley uh, had a, a handler that was using uh, a, like something called TweetDeck and put out the next five days of tweets. Like she's not writing her own tweets. They're just assaults on Trump paid for by Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn and the same guy that financed Eugene Carroll. And it's such a scam, such a farce. I mean, she's not real. She's not, she doesn't even know what she's tweeting, right? She doesn't know what she's saying. And that's what's happening. Hillary Clinton wearing a Ukraine badge Christian Amanampour has got her uh, outside interviewing her. Is now wearing a Ukraine pin at a globalist meeting and claiming that Mike Johnson is holding up money unjustly because their CIA agent died in Russia. Well, there's a lot of news about that CIA agent that uh, you know died in prison. Um, it's not the same as the Lira guy that died in Ukraine. To make that comparison is not fair. But they're in full panic mode. Let's take a listen. And will the United States continue to be uh, a leader of NATO, given uh, former President Trump's recent comments? You know, President Biden said this week, supporting this bill, the one for foreign aid and military aid, is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is uh, playing into Putin's hands. Yes. What? I mean, you're a former senator. <laughs> you know, the Senate came kicking and screaming, but they passed it, but the House hasn't passed right. it. Where do you think, you know, in the political realm, this is going to go? Well, one thing I know for sure, if this bill from the Senate were ever put on the floor of the House, it would pass. It would pass uh, overwhelmingly because the people... 
It would not pass overwhelmingly. She's lying right there. It would not pass because it's horrendous and people wouldn't get reelected. But kudos to Mike Johnson for blocking it from the floor just in case it would pass. So kudos. So she's going to blame Mike Johnson for all of that, which is insane. So we all know about the ruling about Trump and having to pay like $340 million or whatever that number is. But he's about to make $4 billion. Trump is about to make $4 billion on a buyout of Truth Social. So who cares? Trump is going to be just fine. And if you listen to Lena Haba, you know, she'll tell you the same thing. He's going to be just fine. But Kevin O'Leary, uh, really, this I heard this on a treadmill like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Like four weeks ago, maybe. I don't know when it was exactly. But it rings supremely true today. Let's take a listen. People like yourself or investors, if they know that they can get away with fraud, this and there's is no Kevin O'Leary from Shark, Shark Tank on CNN. Excuse me, what fraud? I don't. I, this is not about Trump anymore. When you get a developer, when you get a developer that builds a building, and he says it's worth four hundred million dollars, and he wants to borrow two hundred million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on Earth, including every American city. Every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building and they say it's worth 400. The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good. And they say, no, it's worth 300. We're only going to loan you 150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then in this case, even the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified and said, we didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again. We'd like to, but the judge said, no, 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 no. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, how, I think there are to, people who would, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I want to converse well, with you, you instead. you just did. I, it's, it's only because I want you're, to have a conversation, a, you know what? Kevin, as opposed you, to just you, having you tell me. I respect you because you're a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You understand no. exactly what I'm talking about. I got to tell you, um, I'm respectable for a number of reasons, Kevin O'Leary, but being a, law- a lawyer is one of those issues. But I'll tell you, when I when I hear your conversation, and I do want to converse with you about this point, I understand that there are legitimate concerns that were raised during the trial and will continue to be raised about who the quote-unquote, what who is actually bringing the suit. It wasn't the banks who were saying that we as consumers are unsophisticated feel this way, but Letitia James, the Attorney General, and I know you want to expand beyond Trump, has suggested, well, it's about making the playing field level for those who are not the major and billionaire investors, but for those who are supposed to put business records out there, want to get a loan, the idea of making sure that they have to have the same true statements included as those who have a lot more money. Is there any weight to that for you? Well, 
I ask you, who lost money? And I'll make it even clearer. You and I, we're developing a data center together. And I say to you, we can go to New York where this just happened. It's your money now. You're now an investor and you're taking risk. You're an entrepreneur with me right beside me. We're together on the deal. Or I can show you Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, where the governors actually ran businesses. Let's go there where this never happened before. They have power. They have permits. They've got legislation that's supportive of entrepreneurship. Why would we go to New York? Why take the risk? My only point is, did we just diminish the great state of New York and the great people of New York. And shouldn't they ask for better management so they don't become a flyover state? Remember, New York has the highest taxes in the country, the worst regulatory environment, and it's incredibly mismanaged. And I'm pointing out now on top of that, you get this insanity, a, a victimless crime. And forget about Trump. It's not about Trump. I don't care about Trump in this. I care about America and I care about entrepreneurship and I care about democracy and the fairness. The judicial system is now being criticized. People are asking themselves, the bar of New York, is this judge rational to charge $355 million in a case where no one lost any money? Is that good for the people of New York? Should the people of New York wake up to this and say, what's happening to us? Why is this becoming so perverse? Why are we the focus of this injustice? And I have nothing to do with Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm supporting American entrepreneurship. And New York is slowly becoming the number one loser state in America. I'm sorry. That's what's happening. Well, that's news to the city that doesn't sleep. But I'll tell you what, the governor has said that. Yeah, that's that's a very powerful uh, position for a guy that actually went to business with Sam Bankman-Fried, Kevin O'Leary. Here he is here. Everybody wants to hear what Kevin O'Leary says. This award, um, I mean, just leaving the whole Trump thing out of it and, and seeing what occurred here, and, and I'm, I'm no different than any other investor. I'm shocked at this. I, I can't even understand or fathom uh, the, the decision at all. It, it, there's no rationale for it. And so let me give you a real-time uh, experience I'm having regarding this, and I'm not the only one. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state, like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now, and I'm not the only person saying that. And here's a real-time situation. In development in real estate right now, the hottest asset class is very high-end data centers. They cost anywhere from two and a half to three and a half billion each. They're very expensive. They require low power. You need permits. But most of the major institutions in the world need more data centers, and that's why developers like me are doing this. Now, you need power. So New York has Niagara Falls. Normally, you'd consider that to put in one of these facilities, create 400 jobs, five more jobs for each of one of those for auxiliary services. I can't go to New York. So I'm going to Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia. 
Governor Stitt, Kevin Stitt, my staff have met with him. Governor Bergen, the same thing. Governor Justice, those are winner states. They don't do things like this. I have to syndicate that debt and all that equity. We're talking billions of dollars here. Do you think any foreign institution or any private equity firm or any pension fund would touch New York? No. And that's why New Yorkers should be concerned. The fine people of New York should ask themselves, why are we such a loser state? How are we going to attract business? It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. Wow. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now, fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state, good policy, competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state. So, Kevin, what did you think of Governor Hochul saying this is like a unique one and done because Donald Trump went too far and was so nefarious. Uh, you guys, if you're just doing what you should be doing, you have nothing to worry about. But they're very worried about it. Yeah, we're very worried. Every investor is worried because where is the victim? Who lost money? This is some arbitrary decision a judge made. This policy and what this says, what does this say about the bar, the legal bar? In New York, aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? $355 million and there's dollars as a, as a penalty and there's plus interest at 9% and there's no victim? I mean, I'm sorry, her, her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This is not a Trump situation. This is a New York problem now. The whole world is looking at this saying, what are you doing to yourselves? You know, that's so true. You know, Trump is just, I've been saying this for such a long time. If you go to buglecall.org or megapack.org you will not see the word Trump in any of our texts not the word Trump America first and making America great again is not about one man and what's interesting about it is it's no longer just about a movement it's a revolution and actually, we're at the end of our show. <laughs> I, I lost track of time. I want to thank everybody for uh, tuning in today. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out MAGAPAC.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. But it's not about Trump. It's not about one man. It's about a movement. It's actually now a revolution. And uh, make a donation to help keep the Scott Adams Show commercial free. And use Red State over as your promo code over mypillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, everybody.